Hey guys, what's going on? Aaron Bennett here. So, wow, there's some huge news I want to go over. I just want to dive into this video for you guys. So, a lot of you guys saw Celsius Network just got another $400 million, which brings the valuation to over $3 billion. Going over that story, then taking a look at it from the original source, ft.com. Then, going over Plan B's end of year Bitcoin price. Then take a look at four altcoins that Raul Paul is saying, well, basically what he's investing in. And this guy has a unique approach to investing. He wants to be conservative, but also aggressive. So it's finding that balance, which I find very interesting in how he approaches this. Then taking a look at the final story, uh, Chamath Palihapitiya says that it's too late for the US to ban Bitcoin and crypto, which I completely agree with. So let's dive in to the first story. Remember guys, there will be timestamps below if you want to catch those and just jump to whatever story you want to jump to. So this is the news of the day. Celsius Network raises $400 million in a funding round and the latest raise gives Celsius a valuation of over $3 billion. So taking a look at it from the original source. So this funding round was led by Westcap and this fund is set up by the former Airbnb and Blackstone executive Lawrence Tosi. In addition, Canada's second largest pension fund was also involved. So you're getting a pension fund and some very, very successful executive at uh, Blackstone and Airbnb. So Alex Mashinsky told Financial Times that he hoped the fundraise would reassure regulators about the stability of his crypto lending business and help open doors in the mainstream financial markets. So he says it's not the 400 million, it's the credibility that comes with the people who wrote those checks. And Alex has talked a lot about this where he does these funding rounds not because Celsius actually needs the money, because they don't. Uh, Celsius does not need to raise capital in order to be profitable or in order to pay us. That's never been the case for Celsius. They did that last funding round because that's what they needed to do in order to be taken more seriously by the rest of the financial world, but it's never been about uh, them needing money. So we know that uh, Tether invested into Celsius, I guess, in the last funding round, and that valued Celsius at $120 million. So those of you guys that caught that first funding round, congratulations. I did not, unfortunately. I just got started with Celsius, and I wasn't really quite uh, confident enough to do it, and I definitely should have, because that is... I mean, it's basically a 30x, $120 million valuation to a $3 billion plus valuation. So big congrats to you guys who did that if they go public in the future. So Tosi of Westcap said, it's quite typical for regulators to begin examining some of the market leaders in order to clarify their own rules. This is part of the process of regulating a new market. So the guy that invested all this money into Celsius, he echoes what Alex is saying. Basically, these issues coming up with the SEC, making them go to court, explain themselves. This is not something that we should be scared of if we have our money with Celsius or if we're even investing with Celsius. This is literally how they, like he said, it's typical to make market leaders clarify their own rules. And Tosi said his company had spent nine months doing due diligence on Celsius and was confident in the viability of Celsius's institutional business even in the event 
that retail crypto lending is curtailed by regulators. So that's huge because this executive said, even if something were to happen in the United States with retail lending, what Celsius does to generate revenue is so huge internationally and institutionally, I guess, that these guys are like, it's still an amazing opportunity to invest in this company. So next, take a look at plan B. And I've been talking about plan B for like a year now. They have a couple charts that have been incredibly accurate in predicting where the price of Bitcoin is going to go. So in an interview with Anthony Pompliano, which was actually like removed from YouTube for a while, uh, that was a big controversy. Anyway, it's back on YouTube. Talking about 2021 forecasts. So I'll just go through the story. He said he'll be caught off guard if Bitcoin remains below the six-figure mark by the end of 2021. He says, I do think we will see a price that is at least 135k by Christmas because that's what my floor model says. And if you want to follow Plan B, he just crossed a million followers on uh, Twitter, which is awesome. There's a lot of information if you want to learn more about how he calculates these numbers and the charts to do so. So I won't go into that in this video, but the information is out there. He says, if we look at the on-chain signals right now, I would say that top is at least a couple months say six months from here. So that would be the end of Q1 of 2022. So talking about the top of this uh, this market cycle. And that's what Willy Woo is saying. That's what all the reputable on-chain analysts are saying is we're looking, we're looking into a bull run definitely into the first quarter of next year without a doubt. It goes on to say the top end of Plan B's stock to flow X model pins a $288,000 price point for Bitcoin at the peak of this cycle. So possibly end of Q1 next year, the price of Bitcoin could hit 288k. However, he says, you could see the price of Bitcoin shoot above that target price by the end of the year, and then it may retrace back down to 288. So he goes on to say, I guess we will be above 100k or above 135k at the end of this year. And he says, we'll continue to grow maybe towards that stock to flow X model targets, which is 288K or even above. He says, I would not be surprised even to see in Q1 or Q2 of next year, the prices of 300, 400 or 500K. So guys, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, the price of Bitcoin doesn't really care what he thinks or what you think or what I think or what anybody thinks will happen. And even Tucker Carlson today, I was watching it on Fox. He had a whole bit or not a bit. He had a whole segment on inflation. And when people realize that, you know, more and more, when people realize that the Federal Reserve is printing money at will, he even mentioned quantitative easing. He was really getting into the weeds about this stuff. When people realize that there is the hardest money around called Bitcoin, where there will never be more than 21 million, and people really understand these concepts, even just like, you know, the average Joe watching Fox News watching even, you know, any news, uh, it doesn't matter what side, it can be, you know, liberal, conservative, it doesn't matter. When people realize that inflation is eating away at their savings, that there is a solution. I mean, gosh, who knows what the price of Bitcoin is really going to do. So the next story I want to cover talking about Raul Paul and his altcoin predictions. And one thing I like about this guy, I know he gets a lot of hate from a lot of people, whatever. But one thing I like about this guy is he has a lot of experience and he wants the maximum upside without taking unnecessary risk. And I think we all want that. So he is somebody that looks at altcoins and Bitcoin, of course, but he looks at altcoins and he says, what are the ones that already have a team working behind it? What are the projects that are already really, really solid? 
uh, he's not looking or he's not publicly talking about really small cap altcoins that you know could do a thousand x but could also or have a very high likelihood of going to zero he's really looking at you know that middle ground uh, so he talks about solana and the adoption rate he says is almost perfectly mirroring ethereum so looking at the charts which is huge uh, if Solana does what Ethereum does, I mean, hold on to your seatbelts. It's going to go crazy. And he also talks about Terra, Avalanche, and Polkadot. He explains that he likes Terra, Avalanche, Polkadot, and Solana because of the number of projects developers are building on these blockchains and on these platforms. So he goes on to say here, it's the risk curve. He says, that's why Bitcoin sits at the bottom of the risk pile. Bitcoin is the foundation asset because it is the most decentralized, yes. But he also says that once you go further out, the crypto assets become less decentralized and they are riskier assets. But he thinks there's also going to be more upside potential with these uh, more centralized, riskier, smaller cap altcoins in Bitcoin. And I would agree, unless something happens where the government um, you know, decides just, you know, ban all altcoins, which I don't think is going to happen. There is going to be more upside potential to some of these lower cap coins. I, I do, I do agree with him. So rule says these smaller cap altcoins have a risk element that's harder to price, which Bitcoin just does not have. So I would agree. Bitcoin is the reserve asset. Bitcoin is always going to be the granddaddy. Uh, I, I just don't see that flipping. It's the most decentralized. China could have completely banned something like Solana or Terra or Avalanche or Polkadot, right? If those companies started in there in, in China, they could literally just shut it down. They can't really do that with Bitcoin. And so there is a power that Bitcoin possesses that these other coins just don't have. So take a look at the last story. Billionaire Chamath Polyapatia says it's too late for the U.S. to ban Bitcoin and crypto. So he says that Bitcoin and the rest of the crypto markets have become too large for the U.S. government to put a stranglehold on this emerging industry. He says they can't wipe out $3 trillion of value out of the world. So it's here to stay and it's too institutionalized now, meaning it's too intertwined into corporate balance sheets, intertwined into all sorts of really, really wealthy and powerful uh, institutions that have already purchased it, that have a tremendous amount of lobbying power that if anything were to happen, they would make sure that it stays. So he says there's just too many organized pools of capital that are now speculating inside of this entire ecosystem, which I agree with. So this dude, if you didn't know, he bought a million Bitcoin <laughs> in 2010. Can you imagine? A million Bitcoin. He doesn't have that now. He tells stories about that he obviously spent his Bitcoin on all sorts of stuff. But man, talk about being early to the party and taking a big bet. So this guy is insanely rich. Uh, this is a cool podcast if you want to listen to it. It's called the All In Podcast. Uh, it's four guys. They are like, uh, they're not, I don't think they're all billionaires. Uh, I think three of them are. Chamath, David Sachs here, and then uh, David Freeberg on the bottom right. Uh, I think Jason, the host, I don't know if he's technically a billionaire. I don't think so. But they're all investors. Most of them are kind of based in Silicon Valley. It's a cool show if you want to, if you want to catch something like that every single week. So guys, that is basically it. Take a look at the market real quick. Let me just refresh this. 
we are just seeing capital flow from Bitcoin to alts, Bitcoin to alts. Take a look at the winners for the last 24 hours. We're going to see a smattering of altcoins. Uh, this is just going to fluctuate. What Bitcoin does, altcoins respond. That's how it works. So if we see Bitcoin pump a lot and then level off, altcoins are going to pump as well. And really, I mean, if history repeats itself, most altcoins pump, even the shitty ones, even the ones that suck, they pump. And, you know, I wouldn't be holding them, but, you know, a lot of these smaller coins out of the top 100 can do very, very well. For example, some of the coins that are built, you know, in the Kusama, Polkadot, Solana ecosystem, a lot of these smaller coins do very, very well. So take a look at the losers. We can see some that just pumped a lot recently that are having a pullback. Spell is down 16 after pumping almost 100% over the last seven days. And SHIB is doing its weird thing. I'd be surprised to see SHIB hit the market cap of Doge. I think it's going to probably go down after this. And I'm looking at my hands. I definitely need to get a, uh, a uh, microphone holder like some of you guys suggested because I lost mine. So it's kind of annoying to hold this mic. All right, guys, that's it. Let me know what your thoughts are on all this. There's so much going on in this space, in this world. So some things for me, I am looking to purchase probably my first NFT, uh, Rumble Kong League. Uh, reason is because I actually like the way they look. I think they're kind of cool looking. And uh, I will let you know about NFTs as I get more into them in the future, which I plan to. Until next time, talk with you soon and bye for now.